Hello, Balance Theory fam. Welcome to episode 26 of the Balance Theory podcast. I hope you've all had an amazing week so far, wherever this listen session falls, whether it's at the start, mid or end. Before I dive into today's special guest, I did want to share with you all that Obviously, from the title of this podcast, you'll be aware that she is a naturopath, but she's actually also my naturopath. She's someone I've worked with very closely over the last few months to get my health optimal. And I do endeavor to only try and interview or discuss things with people that I'm either passionate about or personally believe in myself. So the reason I've been prompted to interview Catherine today is because I think she is incredible. She has a wealth of knowledge and she's taught me a lot about my own health, which I'm so grateful for and I'm really excited to be able to share with you all today. Before we dive in and as always I'll give you my little update of the week and it actually coincides with I guess the work I'm doing with Catherine. So I had a thought that sometimes when we're pushing towards achieving something and there's a lot involved like it involves a lot of effort you kind of get this attitude of oh it's too hard or like you wonder why you can't get there and then you really got to stop and ask yourself are you putting in the work? So I guess where this stems from is if you've ever worked with any dietitian, nutritionist or anyone that's sort of prescribing you stuff, sometimes it can feel a little bit onerous. Like, how am I really going to factor all this into my routine? Um, And so at the moment, working with Catherine, I'm taking quite a few things to help rebalance my gut health, get it back in a position where it's restored, repaired and, and I guess ready to function at an optimal level. But In line with that, there are quite a few things involved, not only in terms of my stress management, but things I have to take day to day. And a key thing to remember here, and I guess from my little ramble, is that if you are working towards something, you have to put in the work. You cannot expect results if you're not prepared to do max effort. And might I just add, if you're only prepared to put in 50% effort, then only expect 50% results. This goes with your training, your mindset, mental health, physical health, all those things have kind of prompted me to think that your expectation of your results needs to be proportionate to the effort you're willing to put in. And as a side note, I am totally prepared to put in all the effort. I am doing all the things that my naturopath is telling me and the results so far have been according. So I'm very happy about that. Now, what you can expect in today's podcast is a little bit about what naturopathy is and I guess the whole goal with this alternate natural medicine approach. What I really love about the space and why I think it falls so perfectly into our discussion here on the balance theory is that their approach is very holistic. So it's not like, for example, when you go to a doctor, I've got an itchy elbow, they treat the itchy elbow and that's it. If you go in with a specific condition, naturopaths or I guess naturopathy looks at all the areas of your life and how they in combination contribute to or cause this one specific issue or how or that could be how the issue is presenting itself and I love that because it factors in all the areas we focus on your health your relationships your stress like work-life balance all those sorts of things to then treat a physical symptom on top of that we also discuss the range of tests available to you if you do want to get a little bit of an indication as to where your general health or your gut is at We talk about different gut cleansers that you can do and things to be careful of before you dive into it, why you shouldn't be picking up any probiotic off the shelf, things you should be requesting when you get a blood test, supplements you need in your life. And we've even thrown in a couple little biohacks, one which is how to deal with a hangover. I know they're getting worse and worse and I can't imagine in five years what they'll be like. So I'm excited about that one as well. 
If you do want to reach out to Catherine a little bit more after this podcast, I've popped her email in the show notes below. She's very, very open and so lovely with a wealth of knowledge. So do not hesitate for a second. I hope you love everything discussed today. Don't forget to share this with a friend if you think that they would benefit from it. And lastly, before we dive in, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, search us up The Balance Theory, request to join and you can become a part of our ongoing growing community. That's it from me, guys. Now let's enjoy the podcast. Alrighty, Miss Catherine, welcome to the Balance Theory Podcast. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. One. It's um, been a little while coming now, so mm-hmm. we've known each other for what? A, over a good decade now, sure, I'd say. Yeah. Definitely had a couple underage babies together. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been friends long, long time, and yes. now we're dating brothers. That's so right. B- bonded, bond, bond, yeah. bonded for life. That's right, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know Catherine, she is a naturopath and a damn good one. Um, and I know there's a lot of confusion around what naturopathy is and a lot of people might not even know how to get into it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey mm-hmm. and why you kind of mm-hmm. fell into your profession? Okay, so for me, it all started when I was in high school. Um, I was lucky enough to have a really amazing teacher in hospitality who helped me find what naturopathy was because I had always had a natural instinct to go towards natural alternatives. Mm just in life not necessarily just in health but even with cooking it was a hobby of mine from Mm. a young age and I'd always be of the notion to get fresh vegetables and produce and make something from scratch rather than having something pre-packaged or bought yep so that was definitely just within myself from a young age and um, I guess this teacher saw that in me and we had a good relationship and so when it was time to move into um, HSE I asked her, what is it that I can do? How can I use that these falls skills? In line. Yeah. yeah. And she had been seeing a naturopath herself and had brought in some uh, supplements, like some superfood supplements into our hospitality, hospitality class. So she, um, she was telling me all about it and I fell in love with it then and found out where I could study it, which I ended up studying at Endeavour College where I got a bachelor degree in health science, naturopathy. Nice. And since then have been practicing and love it. And how good is yeah. that? Like, I mean you don't really learn about it at school and unless your parents I guess or someone in your family is seeing mm. a naturopathy you know it's very unlikely you would have heard of it I think it's still in the alternative medicines yeah um so for anyone who might still be a little bit confused as to what it is mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about naturopathy sure. yeah and I guess how it can help people okay so it is um an alternative medicine you're right and it comes from the, the perspective of first doing no harm to the body so it's you've got your six principles that's right right, that's right so we work off six main principles the first being first do no harm and i guess that really clarifies the difference in naturopathy to western medicine where we're trying to not only treat but actually prevent illness Mm. with doing the least amount of uh without influencing the body in other ways negatively um and so naturopathy as a whole is really just a um, natural prevention to to any illnesses. Yeah. So um, within that, I utilize nutrition and herbal medicine, and that's what I've studied. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've come to see personally. You've helped me mm. with a lot of my weird and wonderful issues, which we don't need to go yeah. into today. <laughs> but I All do know there's um, 
there's a little bit of a disparity across the board in terms of like the way naturopaths treat. So someone may have gone to one, had a really great experience and gone to another, not, not had a great experience. Mm-hmm. Why is there that difference between naturopaths? Okay. Yeah. So um, we don't, as a whole, as a industry, we don't, I guess, see eye to eye. Um, there are a lot of ranges um, from naturopaths and what qualifications they have behind them. And more new age naturopaths is what I'd call them do have bachelor degrees and um, they fall more so on the side of working alongside doctors, practitioners and um, increasing the standards at which we can um, help someone and really looking at evidence-based medicine, not just a natural alternative and um, as much as we love to utilize traditional medicine, Mm. Naturopathy is, you know, our, our roots come from European traditional medicine. So that, yeah. therefore, we are always going to be about, you know, floral essences and herbal medicine and, mm. and what they can do, whether or not there's evidence-based research for it. But at the same time, now we're focusing on, with those at our dispensary, how much of an impact we can make with them, knowing exactly what it can do. And so there are differences in naturopaths who have that perspective and are treating with evidence-based medicine and those that are not. Are not. Yep. Um, and I think that both are great, but it just depends on you and who you yeah, and, and you mesh well with. Yeah. yeah. And I think just from what you're saying, and I guess from conversations we've had as well, there is um, a little bit more of a divergence between the Western and like more alternative medicine, mm-hmm. right? Like you would, I'd say like you're more open to kind of exploring both rather than strictly being on one end of the pole or the other. Definitely. Because so, there's definitely yeah. merit within both. And I think, like you said, the more new age ones are more willing to, I guess, mm-hmm. explore what works on both sides. That's right. So I'm not, um, I wouldn't classify myself as a doctor. Um, and I don't look like to look at myself as a doctor, but, um, what but some people come to us expecting us to be like that and to be wholly treating them um and i have to remind people that this is something that can be utilized at the best when um working together with your gp or with the specialists and that's and that's where our my role sits at least and so i'm really all for that i think that we have a place in our health system that's not completely acknowledged yet um but i think that working beside your gp and, and first and foremost your your primary healthcare practitioner is the best way to go about um, natural health and prevention and your health in general, depending, yep. no, no matter what your issue is. Yeah, for sure. And um, I guess one of the biggest reasons I was drawn to your approach and your industry as well is the um, approach to health and getting better is very holistic. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say, right, I'm coming in and I've got this certain skin condition on my hand mm-hmm. and you just look at that, mm-hmm. right? Like from my experience, what you do is so holistic. And I think that's where the variances in how different naturopaths treat comes in. But can you talk to me a little bit about that? Because I think it fits so nicely with our framework in the balance theory. We look at, you know, when you're considering your balance, you have to look at your health, your relationships, your area of fulfillment. It's, it's no one size fits all and it's not a segregation of any one of them. And I know your approach is a little mm-hmm. bit similar, so I'd love for you to share, yeah, I guess, yeah. what that means to you. Yeah, totally. So um, I, when I'm seeing a client for the first time and they come at me with these symptoms that they're having, that's quite overwhelming. Um, they usually are at their wit's end yeah. with going through 
the medical system and maybe haven't have come to me as a last resort Mm -hmm. um but when i'm listening to their complaint that they have so much focus on i'm actually taking in in my head into account how they're delivering that that to me Mm. in this in their speech and in their body language which might tell me about their emotion and their stress yeah but also i might ask them about their personal life and you know what they do for work and you know what they're eating what how much time they have to, to put onto their diet and all of these things that are going to be influencing this one focus that they have, you know? Yeah, because it could be that, well, I know for, for a fact, like when I came and saw you, mine was for digestive, but we spoke about my sleep, my stress, my exercise, all these different things. And, and for someone who hasn't, I guess, sat with a professional who would do that with you, it's really eye-opening because you almost question, not that I was questioning you, mm-hmm. but you're almost like, well, I wonder what that has to do with this. But when you Why really think about the web of your yeah. life and, and how everything, in, it's in, it's all interoperable, yes, right? And right. so it all overlays on each other. And I'm sure you've had some interesting discoveries with how, you know, mm-hmm. stress and sleep correlate or Definitely. menstrual cycles and all those things. But um, no, I love that approach. And, and I think it fits really nicely with everything we say and do on the podcast yes um and i think also um in saying that you never know which way a conversation is going to go because mm. of that but if there was one thing that came up time after time it's always i'm always interested in your gut and yes. what's going on um in your digest digestion as a whole because it's a really that is like the crux that opens the doors to okay well that's going on what, what does that mean for this type of organ or these hormones and these chemical transmitters and so on and so on so um that's probably the one stable and foundational uh topic that we can always rely on yeah when you come to speak to me well you've sort of um you've led me into my second question so thanks for that <laughs> it's, um so what do you so for anyone listening who, who's thinking okay I, I might consider seeing a naturopath what are the things that you can treat or advise on or like even you specifically what do you like to treat and advise on so um i really enjoy everything to do with the gut that's that's my love happy place yes but um i've also grown up in a family full of women and women female influences and so i have another um love of you know female health conditions and, and working amongst other women and empowering them to feel better and be stronger yep. so um yeah i i always i find that like i said every single condition that i might see always relates to the gut and so i'm constantly working in what i love but my other focus is you know menstruation and menopause fertility those type of things so yeah. um that they're definitely on the um table to work with however you don't have to be ill to come and see me yes. and you don't have to be healthy also to, to come and see me. It, I see a range of conditions um, and sometimes like I try and encourage people to also seek out naturopaths when they're he- healthy. That's a big yeah. thing, you know. Prevention is key and that's shown to be the best way to avoid, um, you know, serious conditions. Yeah, and it's about being proactive and not reactive. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah, like again, anyone listening who may not have a condition specifically but – you just want some general advice mm-hmm. on, and I mean, we'll get into like supplements and mm-hmm. stuff like that in a little bit. Um, but definitely there are things you can do or test to, I guess, just work out where you sit in your, in your health. And, you know, it comes down to like, what's in your family history? What are you prone to? All these different things that are just good to be in the loop about. 
but this kind of brings me on to my next question and that is testing and like I've done a few tests with you. I know there's so many tests out there and you know, a lot of people are interested in their gut. They've heard about it. Yeah. They know, you know, it's a second brain. It has a lot to do with your mood. It's, you know, whenever you're stressed, you feel it in your gut. All these, it's a, it's a real big buzzword at the moment. Everyone's talking about the gut. So for anyone listening who wants to know a little bit more about their gut, are there tests people can do that are accessible? Mm-hmm. And let's talk about ones that are, you know, really accessible to ones that anyone willing to spend a little bit more money can can kind of dive into that would help them understand a little bit more about their current health. Yeah. Um, so the first, first thing that you said, are there any tests that are affordable? There definitely are. But I would say that when you're looking at something like the the digestive system. Um, It's quite complex in its own natural and beautiful system and way. And some of the affordable tests are not always reliable and effective. So it's not the first ones that I offer. Um, However, a digestive stool analysis, which is what I often use for that, can range between anywhere between two hundred to eight hundred dollars yeah depending on how in depth you want to go right correct yes and um so that's i think my first and foremost pick and what sorts of things can people learn from a stool test so the biggest thing that you can learn from it is your what your microbiome looks like so that's that's the the healthy and not so healthy bacteria that we all have in our gut yeah so um I didn't want to say good and bad because, you know, the bacteria that we have in our guts are mostly good. But um, sometimes what happens is, you know, through through our years of, of, you know, traveling and going away or just eating fresh produce and things, we are exposed to different bacteria that may allow there to be imbalances, which we call and refer to as dysbiosis in the gut. Mm. And these that hub, that topic is usually, um, that is the main influence i think that you can have on your immune system and so that's why i rely on it so much and look back at what that where that sits for some people but yeah these tests show the species that are currently in your gut Mm. and the portions of them and so you can once knowing that you can actually go in and say well you know you've come to a health food store um you want something for your immune system or this this bacteria is going to be much more beneficial for you because it's actually what you need. Lacking in. Yeah. yeah. Whereas giving you, I could, without the test, I'd have to go and look at a probiotic and go, well, how do I know that she might not have too much of this already? Or yeah. that, um, you know, there's actually different bacteria eat different things. And so sometimes within the design, there might be something like lac- um, lactose, which will be, feeding the bad bacteria that they already have so it really individualizes the treatment for that person by getting those tests and allows me to to help faster as well yeah and the reason i just want to like pause on this for a sec is because there are so many like gut cleanse diets out there Mm -hmm. right and i think this is so important especially even like with probiotics right and before i actually spoke about it with you i didn't know any better you just think like i'm gonna go pick up probiotics because i need you know, better bacteria or or I feel like my gut's a bit out, I'm just going to have some probiotics. But what a lot of people don't know, which you've actually helped me understand, is that there are different strains of probiotics. Correct. And it's only until you do a test like this, you can actually segregate and work out which ones you're lacking in. Because what if you you pick up a probiotic off the shelf 
that and you're just adding to the ones you already have you know you're only making the problem worse so for anyone i guess listening who thinks they may have a gut problem like i would definitely be investing in a test like this Mm -hmm. so you actually know and like you said it's a lot faster Mm -hmm. to treat um just just side note while we're on the topic of like dieting and and Mm -hmm. gut cleansers what do you think about like you know a juice cleanse or like all the fermented food stuff like that as a you know, like a two-week thing to mm. cleanse your gut. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I do like it. I really, I, I do like it. However, some of the ones that are marketed out there are not the gentlest for people who already have issues. And it's, it's usually people who are already feeling unwell in their guts who go to these cleansers. Mm. So I would recommend it for people who are mostly feeling well in their stomachs. But if you have a chronic... Um, condition where you like I see people who they're bellowing over in pain after they eat every meal and they can't work out why and going towards like a juice cleanse um, or a raw food diet for those people would actually be worse because it's a lot of pressure to digest that fiber yeah and those um, uncooked raw vegetable fibers and so that will add more pressure onto them and make them feel more sick yeah and when there's already so much inflammation due to who knows what at that stage um, they could potentially also react to one of those foods or, yeah. or you know, cleanses that they're doing. But I do think like there are, it doesn't have to be so intense. I think light cleanses, um, appropriate and you know, logical things like drinking, you know, lemon and water in, in yeah. the morning, you know, yeah, yeah. having, you know, soft little yeah, tips there's, you can do. there's definitely, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but, um, you know, charcoal is another one that people come in all the time for and say, you know, I just, I just want to kind of, um, cleanse my gut and I want to have some charcoal uh, what do you think what, what does it mean but I that can go either way if someone's coming in and they're constipated that charcoal might make it worse I don't know if that person's even having enough fluid and fiber to, to be able That's to right. complement that charcoal and so um, I think there's you should always seek out advice um, and try and be responsible in the things that you choose when you're doing a cleanse mm. but um, I think gentle is best yeah, and it, it also serves to highlight that there really is no one size that fits all. Mm. And you have to be very careful if you're jumping on a fad or a trend. You know, like, I definitely think seeking out the appropriate advice from the requisite practitioner is, like... So important. So important. Yeah. And like I said, like, I wouldn't have known any better had I not had a conversation with you. So I'm hoping everyone listening is getting a lot out of this mm. because it's really just a flow-on from how you've helped me as well. Mm. And, you know, just understanding things like that, which you're not taught in school and they don't advertise it you know they just say probiotics are good for you and that's that's what you assume but um love all that let's go back to the testing now so we've just spoken about the like a digestive stool test what other things people can do to get like a sense of where they're at so i think the first thing that anyone should go and request is a general blood test from their gp and how often would you say like people should be doing that just as like to keep on top of things i think twice a year yeah two to three times a year um is a good way to prevent and just to be in the know that everything's yeah. kind of going okay. Um, I think if you're asking more than that, when there isn't a, something that you're that's bothering you, yeah, like a is, yeah, yeah. might be a bit excessive and puts the pressure on our GPs to, to be doing tests all the time, which they don't actually need to. Um, but that's, it's completely free. So it's affordable. Um, and you can gain a lot of knowledge from a blood test. Hopefully your GP will be able to, um, refer you on if you want to delve into some of the deficiencies that come up like sometimes there would be there might be iron or um, magnesium 
which is not always reflective on a blood test, but there'll, there'll be something that comes up that's low, right? And what they'll do is they'll, they'll either give you a pharmaceutical supplement for that, or if they're, if they're thinking, you know, for the long term, they, they might recommend you to go see a dietitian. That's usually yeah. what happens. And um, I think going in and getting checks regularly were, is the best way to kind of be on top of that. But um, myself, when I look at blood tests, if it does get to that point where it's passed on to a dietitian or someone like myself, there are a lot of things that we look at on blood tests that um, GPs don't always consider because they don't have the time for it. Yeah. So it's not that they don't want to, it's just not in their job description yeah well i guess they would have like the standard things and if they're all in check then that's, that's right exactly job. yeah um so on a blood test like i love that i can see you know how um how much inflammation is in your bloodstream from that and you, you can know? you can derive that from just your standard blood test that's right cool. so um obviously it's just one thing to consider but yes you can kind of see how alkaline um your or or acidic your bloodstream is from a blood test yeah. and um I think like when there are other things that I'm considering and when I'm treating someone, that might be just a little piece of evidence that had, puts me in the right direction. Yeah, um, sure. But also like we all, we do have to remember to not be overly obsessed with the Testing. numbers. Yeah, the yeah. numbers on the test. Because it could just be like, I know, well, remember when I did my blood test and I had like waffles the night before and I'm like, oh my yeah. God, my insulin's going to be through the roof. That's exactly right. And I think it did come up a little bit high, but it wasn't over the range. But, but that's always good to do exactly two right. a year, right? Because yes. then you kind of average it out. Yes. Just don't have waffles the night before you go again. Exactly. Or, or if you see something come up on your test and you think that that's strange and that's out of the ordinary for you and it's never come up before, then you have the right to request a second test after that. Yeah, your GP sure. might already you know, be on board to do that regardless. But yeah, that's... That's definitely why it's good to get it multiple times um, and also just to um, to have on file I think it's even good to keep your blood tests and understand so that if you ever Bit go and see someone yeah exactly yeah um, but I was also going to mention uh, you can get a lot of tests from I think pharmacies even sell them but health food stores will always have them like urine tests yeah that will show again how um, maybe so a lot of people do a keto diet, how much ketones that you're producing yeah. if you are doing that diet. Um, they're, they're probably about, you know, 1995 or something like that. And they're really affordable. And so if you want to get a bit more information about how hydrated you, you really are, yeah. or if you are doing a diet like that, and want to see if it's successful, then you can go and um, get those tests and, and they're all really affordable. But I don't think that you should just um, rely on them. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. Yeah. They need to be like considered obviously in in, con, in mm. conjunction with a lot of other factors um just quickly before um we move on from here with the blood test i know um for example vitamin d is not always tested right mm. it doesn't yeah. always come up That's so right. what are some things people might have to request in addition mm. to have on their blood test that won't automatically be there because this is good yeah. to know as well yeah. so um our popu- most of our population in australia are deficient in vitamin d and so this is the issue um we don't it's not it used to be in combination with the general blood test and it no longer is. And so most of my clients that I see, I recommend them to ask and request vitamin D on top. Do they charge extra for they, that? They may. Yeah. It's up to the do- um, doctor's discretion. That's right. So mm-hmm. um, usually, yeah, usually you can ask for it on top just and just with a, with a genuine reason as to, 
as to why, such as, you know, I haven't actually had it tested ever or it has been a while mm. or I'm getting sick quite often, they'll usually do it for free for you. But you do have to request it separately. And so I think that's a main one and probably the yeah, the first one I'd say to add on to a general blood test. But if your if your issue or your um, problem or focus is your uh, you know your strength as a male or your menstrual cycle as a female you can also have discussion with your gp about that and, and ask for a hormonal profile to be done but they all need to be added on as extras yeah it's yeah. so a very good info to know you have to request for them because yes. that's not i just assumed you'd have vitamin d on your blood test so yeah, it's good to know not. yeah awesome just a quick word from the sponsor of today's podcast. If you haven't paid any attention to the quality of your gym accessories or feel like the ones you have kill your vibe just a little, then this is for you. ESFit is a brand I've co-founded with my best friend to bring all fitness lovers the confidence to sweat in style. I'm talking considered luxe fitness accessories, ranging from cotton bands that don't roll or dig to full-size sweat towels that cover you from head to toe and actually don't take up all the space in your bag. The list goes on, but you can check it all out for yourself at esfit.com.au or on Instagram at esfit, double underscore. And for all my beautiful balances, we're offering $15 off at the checkout when you use the code BALANCE. Now we're going to get into a juicy topic that I love. And that is supplements. Okay. Now, everyone who's listening, I want you to just remember this is, we're just having a general discussion about supplements in general. And if you are having any specific symptoms, you will need to seek specific advice. Um, but I'm just going to pick Kat's brain on just in general supplements because I always love hearing about yeah. things that can better you, help your energy and, and stuff like that. So you did say that most Aussies are deficient in vitamin D. Does that mean you would say that most people should be taking a vitamin D supplement? Is that a stretch? Uh, no, I think that's fair to say. When, even when you take a supplement like vitamin D, it depends like how much of that are you going to take. And so I think, I would, I think I'd agree to say that most people could take vitamin D and that would be on what, the top of the list of supplements that I'd recommend people to, you know, have in their cupboard. Yeah. And, and just a reminder, we're speaking just in general, just an average Joe Blow who's mm -hmm. got no issues That's right. and just wants to know if there are any supplements he should be taking uh, to increase performance, energy, mood, all those things. So let's just say vitamin D could mm -hmm. be one of them. What are some other things you find yourself generally recommending to people? Um, that wouldn't do any harm yeah, if they yeah. would take it either way. For sure. Magnesium is another one. My and fave. yeah, you guys would know as well. But um, magnesium, I'm always asked about. And um, I think that that as well, like I feel very strongly about that, just the same as with vitamin D, because we're not getting enough of it in our fruits and vegetables because our soil is so overturned that there's nothing left of the magnesium in there. And we're also, you know, the pesticides and other chemicals that are sprayed upon them are diminishing the nutrients that are in there. So the quality is entirely different. And so what does magnesium do? It relaxes your muscles. So um, magnesium, that's one of the things it does. It does a lot of things in our body. But first and foremost, I think most people come in looking for it to relax their nervous system. And by doing that, it relaxes the muscles. So um, I, I think that um, Angelo probably could describe this better than me. But, you know, our nerves overlap over our muscles at the joints. And um, in that way that it's, it's formed, they actually have a um, direct effect on our the contractions of our muscles yeah and so if we're also stressed mentally emotionally physically yeah. our nervous system will know about it and it's utilizing magnesium to cope with that stress yeah and so then our muscles become you know fatigued and then that might end up in cramping 
menstrual cramps, whatever it may be, yeah. headaches. Yeah. All to do with you know your nervous system and your musculoskeletal system. Yeah, for sure. And with magnesium, would you say that because I, I always think this as well, is it better to have it as a tablet or powder? Like, is mm. there a difference, or there, does it depend on the brand? Yeah, it does always depend on the brand, but I do prefer powder just there because yeah, the dosage is so much higher that you can get in a powder versus yeah. a tablet. Um, and also powders across all supplements absorb more efficiently. So yeah. if you can, you know, tolerate the taste, they do a pretty good job at, you know, flavoring them these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, but some people still don't like it. However, if you can, powders are always better, I think. And I think especially with magnesium because it's the molecules quite large. And so you the tablets end up being, you know, they're pretty kind of like yeah. horse tablets almost. So people <laughs> you're rough, usually <laughs> you're worried about tablets. You'll be glad to yeah. hear that the powder's better. Yeah. Um, but like little tip from me, you can whack it in your smoothie. Yeah. And exactly. normally it's like just a what little teaspoon or something and you don't even really taste it, especially if it's like fruity already. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's a one way to get away with taking a lot of supplements in yes. one here. You can even actually chuck tablets in there. In I, I met sm- someone who, I haven't yeah. tried that. Yeah. People, I've met people who put, cause they just take heaps of tablets yeah. and just chuck them all in their smoothie. Wow. So that it's just easier rather than chugging them all down after yeah. five glasses <laughs> of water. Well, I mean, in saying that there are some tablets, um, and all nutrients, I don't that are probably better taken in tablet form or capsulated so that they actually yeah. are reaching a digestive system. But Look, yes. I, yeah, I couldn't imagine putting like a fish oil tablet in a yeah. smoothie. I'm talking more like the <laughs> the ones that are like you know like the magnesium one. Yeah, it looks like or, it's like or a multivitamin compact. powder, something yeah. like that. You know, yeah, like, sure. sorry, capsule or tablet, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And with magnesium, because you know I've weaved and waned, and when I've taken it, I've taken it before bed. Mm. I've taken it first thing in the morning. Like, when do you reckon is best to take it, or it doesn't really matter? Mm. If it's just magnesium in the formula, I think you can. I think it's. Um, I think it's quite nice to take it before bed, but you can take that at any time of the day. Yeah. Um, but I would say before bed is nice because it's kind of when our we're going through our restoring phase of our body. We're kind of detoxifying and getting ready for the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And repairing. So I think nighttime is is good because it helps us to sleep and also our body's needing it at that, at that point. But definitely, if you're a if you're in a um, job where it's the demand is high for you to be quite um, focused, then you know a morning time is also really good just to keep you steady yeah. and to be able to cope with the stress that's about to, you're about to be hit with. Yeah, for sure. And um, just to bu- bust any myths, mm-hmm. you don't need to be training to be taking magnesium. You can definitely, definitely take not. get benefits from it if you're on the lower end of the active spectrum or not active at all. Like you could still get a lot of benefits, right? For sure. I think that. Um, the elderly population probably could benefit from magnesium the most and they're usually like you know they're not a lot of them are active but they're definitely not going to be the most active in our population so I think that um, yeah whether you're training or not it's a really important nutrient to take and um, you can become intuitive with it as well like I always if, if you're having signs of deficiencies like tension headaches or really bad um, menstrual cramps you might need to take that you know, for a duration of one to three months at a, at a good appropriate high dose. But once you can see the difference between feeling nourished from that magnesium, which you will, you yeah. would when you take it, um, you can have it in your, in your shelf and go to it when you need, when you because need it. it is like what I said, we are utilizing it in the 21st century so quickly more so than we have ever needed before so i think it is something that is good to try out and then you know find that intuition with it and yeah. and take it when when it's required and needed awesome 
Um, just before we move on from supplements, I do want to ask about the famous Armour Force. Mm. Now, um, it's something I've used before, mm-hmm. and you know, it's something a lot of people go to when they're sick. So I just want, I just want to chat a little bit about your opinion on it, and when people are sick, what is the best thing to do? Okay. Yeah, so... Um, and not sick as in COVID, sick as in no. like a flu, your common cold. <laughs> yeah, just cold and flus. Um, <laughs> I, I, Armour Force is great. I think it was one of the first formulas that um, a lot of people had success with building up their immune system. And it has got some beautiful antiviral herbs in there, um, echinacea, and also um, it's got vitamin C, zinc, and sorry, mind blank, just off the top of my head, I think it's, it's not, it's elderberry. Yes. Mm. Uh, oh, sorry, olive leaf, olive leaf, extract. olive leaf. That's yes. right. Yes, and um, so it's a really beautiful formula that a lot of supplement companies have actually now worked off of. So you can get formulas like it um, everywhere, but it helps to build your immune system whilst also warding off viruses and pathogens that you come across in your day to day. But it's probably for some people um, taking two to th- two capsules three times a day, which is the acute dose is a lot for some people and yeah, so when you fall and they're not sick, small tablets no either. they're not small so like you could do two a day in as a prevention in the yep. morning you know that's great but if you fall sick or if you feel like something's coming on i would recommend more so something like um a high dose of vitamin c powder yep. that would just be absorbed so efficiently and um you know one to six thousand um units a day you know in that in that day that you're feeling unwell to actually avoid getting sick Mm. that would be probably more effective than armor force but um straight away after you're kind of you know feeling like the brunt of it's done then you go back onto armor force to a day and try and get your immune system to go back up yeah that's right so yeah and for anyone just listening units is not uh capsules it's um they there's an amount of units per per, like table uh, teaspoon or whatever that's normally just on the front of the correct of the um, so it might be yeah milligrams or international units so on so yeah magnesium's in form of milligrams so that's one to six thousand milligrams of vitamin c yeah perfect now i want to talk a little bit about um the menstrual cycle and and i guess like obviously as women there's a big difference when you know it gets close to that time of month and when it's not Mm -hmm. and so and and i know it's this is a um an area you enjoy working in as well so just chat to me a little bit about your experience working with women who Mm -hmm. might have really bad period pain or you know just want to circumvent that that time of month and and kind of ease their way through it like what are your thoughts on that um so I actually, so with most of the clients that I have actually, it's, it's just happened to be that I've asked them a question as I usually would asking about their health history and ask, you know, what their menstrual cycle is like. And when they have their period, what their cramping or their PMS or those type of things are like, and they might say it's quite bad or like excruciating bad or they have to take Panadol, you know, multiple times a day throughout the whole cycle or before. But it wouldn't be their first complaint. A lot of women actually don't realize that you don't have to live with that um, that much pain mm. per month um, at their cycle. And so that's, I think, the most interesting thing about um, menstrual, you know, the menstrual cycle as a whole with women. I don't think that um, – I think that we're used to sometimes – just accept it for what it is yeah yeah Yeah. so um what are the some of the things like you do to help or you can offer like i suppose mm -hmm. um again like this is obviously needs to be uh, tailored and individualized to the person Mm -hmm. but just in general like how can people i guess get some help during that time or ease things on a general sort of point of view so um definitely there are some 
obvious supplements that you can take to help. But um, when when you would see the effect of those supplements are probably a hundred days before you would actually have your your bleed. Right. So if you were to start taking something like I prescribe a lot of, speaking of magnesium for cramping or your period in general. Um, you won't be able to see those full effects on your period until 100 days. Like three, four months. Three, four months until your next cycle. That's right. So um, magnesium is a big one because as we were just talking about our muscles, um, our actual female hormone cycle utilizes magnesium a lot um, to relax our our hormones. And we have, you know, mostly as women, progesterone, estrogen, we have some testosterone, etc. But magnesium has the ability to keep us calm and to um, promote, you know, GABA and our relaxation hormones. And so something like that is, I think, a number one crucial thing for your period. But also second to that, iron's really important. Yeah. If you're going to be, if you're iron deficient or anemic, you will have sometimes a heavier bleed um, or your pain will be more induced or you'll have poor sleep at that point when you're, um, when you're menstruating. So they're... Um, two big things but another one would probably be um for menstrual cycles as a whole if you are not having a regular cycle vitex and that's a herbal um supplement so it's vitus um angus castus and that's the um that's the herbal name for it and it's found at vitamin stores all over australia and you can always pick that up and trial it on your cycle if you feel like it's not regular or if you feel like you, it's not long enough of a cycle. But um, I wouldn't go any, I wouldn't go further than that in terms of treating or trying something. For yeah, your, without yeah, giving yeah. advice. And and again, all these things are trial and error. And mm. on the podcast I did last week on morning routines, like there's a lot of info out there, and there's a lot of really beneficial things you can do. But it doesn't mean all of them are going to work for you, Correct. right? And and our cycles are different every single month that's right and as you grow older they also change you know Mm -hmm. i'm sure in severity longevity all those things so it's something to be aware of um you know options you have available to you but again it's about trialing and testing and finding the right balance and what Mm -hmm. works for you so that's right and like you don't know if you're if you're you know experiencing you know any symptom in your menstrual cycle whether that's actually related to a um severe condition like endometriosis Endometriosis, or polycystic ovaries so that's that yeah first you have to find out you know what is existing right now where is my cycle at which a lot of people don't know um and i think first just informing yourself whether it's with an app to find out what your cycle length is like it's first and foremost you have to see you know am i having a healthy healthy cycle in general and then you can go from what to do after that yeah and these are all things you can just do to better your health or to further investigate your health if you're someone who's listening and you feel like you're just smooth sailing cruising through life and you know you just might want these little tips and tools to just take it to the next level Mm -hmm. or just understand more about your body i don't think it's ever a bad idea so all great info like i've already taken away heaps from today and we're not even done yet (laughs) now i wanted to ask you about you know like there's a lot going around about biohacking as Mm -hmm. well Mm mm-hmm and I just wanted to ask you if you had any like little tips or life hacks um, that you know relates to the work you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that probably one of the probably one of the ones that I enjoy the most would be that you know everyone has 
an alcoholic beverage from time to time, whether it be like a glass of wine with dinner. But if you have or any two, symptoms, or yeah, <laughs> if you have any symptoms of like sinusitis or um, you know headaches the morning after or that night, you can kind of try to avoid them in that moment, which I would recommend um, like a liver supplement. So that would usually consist of some B vitamins um, with maybe a herb like St. Mary's thistle to help de- help our livers do what they're already going to do, which is to metabolize that alcoholic substance. But you're providing the nutrients for it specifically so it can work more efficiently. And so then you're going to be metabolizing that faster, feeling better, quicker. Or in the is- in the issue that some people have um, allergies to alcohol and it induces their histamine response mm. and they get congestion in their nose, you know, again, taking an, an antihistamine, maybe a natural one or some high-dose vitamin C could also, you know stop you from actually getting those symptoms entirely so that's one of my favorites because i i hate when my the next day if i wake up i'm <laughs> still carrying the next like you know last night's well i'm just thinking before. it's taken me to get you on the podcast for you to give me your sunday morning cure. Yeah. i know when you can get up fresh and go to work all yeah. the time yeah exactly so um that's the best thing we need to find I, that I in think, the but you know there are a few others i i always like um cacao powder in whether it's as a substitute to your coffee or if it's in addition, you know. I've actually heard about this. Yeah, so what are, what beautiful. Are it's got a lot of antioxidants in there. Um, and again, it's got magnesium and some other minerals. So what I find, I feel from it is that I get some energy from it because it also contains caffeine. Um, but it's good for us because it contains a lot of antioxidants. And then also the magnesium, I think, balances out that spike of energy that you get with caffeine. And so if I'm going and starting my day and I have, you know, three or four clients ahead of me, having that instead of a coffee mm. keeps me level-headed and calm the whole time. Nice. And I think that's a really nice, um, you know, superfood to either add in or substitute to your morning coffee or drink that you have. Chocolate lovers. Yeah. Listen up, sure. that's a good one. <laughs> Any, like, brands that you particularly or personally use that you really um, like? Because I know you have yeah, like the hot there's chocolate so many. sash. Like, are they sachels? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Just Coles or Woolworths? Just the or regular Do you guys ones? have ones that you pre-make or no? No. You probably can find something like that. Yeah. They, they do offer them. But I just find just raw um, cacao powder. Mm. So whether that, I mean, there's one brand called Power Superfoods. They're quite good. Um, and Loving Earth, they're a little bit more fancy because they, they're a chocolatier. So they actually make all raw chocolates. And yes, they're, they're very good. Yeah, they've got great quality um, cacao. But usually, as long as it's raw and so it's not heat treated, then that's a good quality cacao powder. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. I think we've got time for one more question. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know, out of you know my own personal curiosity, what's the most interesting case you've sort of treated mm-hmm. um, or dealt so, with, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there have been, I think, a lot um, for me because I find there's, a, there's, so, it's, there's so much interesting things that come up when you're dealing with people and every time it's different. And because yeah. you're, I guess, looking at it from such a macro point of view, looking at all their lifestyle factors, yeah. like, of course, you'd never have two of the same. Yeah, exactly. But um, there was there is one that stands out and um, I'm not going to say any personal information but this was um a male um a middle-aged male and he had been experiencing a condition called men men and it's multiple endocrine neoplasia i was about to make a joke and be like i don't know all have that <laughs> yeah that's right look to be honest when he um contacted me he asked me had i worked with anyone with this condition and i straight out said no i hadn't um not that that 
told me I couldn't or stopped me. I said, you know, my rules and principles apply regardless. Yeah. And I might be able to offer you 20% of a reduction of your symptoms, but if you're at the point where you need even that, like I'm happy to offer that, I would like to go further. But, you know, so anyway, I ended up seeing him. So what is the condition, sorry? So it's an autoimmune condition that's, um, that is dominated by your hormones um, that are producing benign tumours in your organs all in your body. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a range of symptoms, fluid retention, um, fatigue, weight gain, lots of things that come with it. But um, this was the first time I was dealing with it. And I found it interesting because he had gone through a lot of specialists who were trying to help him. And he had been provided some medication that he was taking. Some made him feel sick. He wasn't sure if it was helping. He'd still, you know, as an overall, he was still feeling extremely unwell Mm. day to day. And it had started to make an impression in his mood and energy. And... um, I found it interesting because it was something that was probably outside of my comfort zone, but by doing what I usually do with the same thoughts and principles, I was able to alleviate symptoms for him, which he hadn't um, felt differences from in the last seven years. Wow. And that was only from about a week of taking his supplements that I had prescribed. So that was really rewarding that was like a little yeah yeah because it always you can always prescribe and advise people to do all these great things but it also depends on what they're willing to do and what's realistic to go back and then follow and so I needed in that situation he was uh, reluctant to take a lot of things and he felt like if it was too hard he may not be able to do it Mm. and so we compromised and I didn't feel as confident because I would have loved to give this 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 and that too but I couldn't and so with the the few things that I had chosen for him he was able to see a dramatic difference and had run rung me back a week later to say you know let's go ahead yeah (laughs) I'm you know I'm in it for the for the long run however long it takes and so that was really cool and interesting and um just another eye-opener to say like to reconfirm the thing that I'm what I'm doing that and that it actually can influence anyone in any condition whether it's just supporting a specialist or whether it's you know they're taking a new a new taking perspective a of, yeah exactly yeah so yeah I thought that was pretty cool awesome well I just want to thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your time with no me way. today I um I've been dying to ask you all these questions um <laughs> more than what we can over the dinner table on Monday nights. Yeah, but yeah. Um, if anyone wants to connect with you or mm-hmm. perhaps even work with you, come see you in the future, where's the best place they can kind of reach out or get yeah. in touch? So um, I am currently working in um, a clinic uh, that's affiliated with Mr. Vitamins. Yeah. It's called the Wellbeing Clinic. But if anyone would like to contact me um, or you know ask me any questions or inquire about a consult, I'd be happy to chat and I have an email. Um, yeah, which I can put yeah, in the show notes exactly, below. Exactly, info at katherineadell.com. So you can, yeah, let them know about that. But um, otherwise, yeah, I think ask around and if you want to see a naturopath, I might not be the specific person for you, but, um, you know, research, you know, about them and what degrees or what, you know, what they've done in, in their past and who they've worked with and see what's right for you. Yeah. I think that's a nice way to leave it as well. Like 
just have do your research and see who you connect with at the end of the day you're gonna you're gonna have to trust this person work with them and you know so at the end of the day it's all about what's the right fit for you yeah well thank you so much and no problem thank you thank you look forward to seeing i guess where your practice (laughs) takes you in the next few years all right thanks guys thank you again And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop. So you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam. We promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, 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 stop.